Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me cast. This is episode 32. <laughs> oh my god. We just had the most ridiculous laughing session before we got on the show and now it's just surprise, continuing surprise. on to the show. Uh cuz that's we <laughs> because we have fun here. Um uh yeah, my I'm Kotleaf Adams and this is uh Cicero Holmes who's joining us this week. How are you, yeah. sir? <laughs> I'm doing well. You know, I just, you know. That just, was like the most blunt intro to a show. Right. I just, you know, done. I stumbled in. I stumbled in. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I was on a, a rampaging stupor last week, I guess. And that's why we didn't have a show. No, that's not really what happened. Um, I missed you guys. I'm so glad that we're back. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm ready to chop it up with you guys. Word. We had to take a week off just to, you know, get everybody back in good health and to make sure that uh, everyone's minds were right before we started to do another episode. Because my mind wasn't right. I was stressed out right. and things were messed up and the world was not right and, and things were just not OK. And Cicero had sniffles all through the last episode. <laughs> sniffles. They weren't sniffles. I had hurricanes. <laughs> he was like, and up here. Up right. Here. Yes. I was like, you need to go fix that because you yeah. have Ebola. Yeah. Yeah, I had Ebola in too my soon. nose. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, it might be too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Oh, um, man. Oh, man. And uh, I guess I guess we should just <laughs> talk, talk to our <laughs> We have a guest this week um on our comeback show and we're happy to be back again we are very happy to be back uh we missed you guys as well sharif jackson from sharifjackson.com how are you sir hey i'm doing good doing good guys I'm... you didn't come in with enough energy you need to redo that right. doing good guys i'm doing good I'm doing great <laughs> yes game over man game over I, I got my my uh Bricago passport passed but i had to buy a visa and it was bullshit i had to pay like oh, whatever dollars for a visa to get into Bricago, even though I'm not working. Well, Listen, dur- what? this is not during, papers, please. During my visit, so I was a right, little, right. little upset. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, if y'all ever take an international trip to Bricago, make sure that you have some bribing money because those border, because those customs agents, you know. First of all, we are, have we are a papers, domestic please. flight. Yeah, right. we're a domestic flight, first of all. Second of all. That's what you say. I mean, unless you have to come through Alaska or you have to come through, you know, oh, one well, of the not other even Hawaii. Well, that's hey, if Guam if, or something, if if you can find <laughs> Bricago on a U.S. map, then I will believe that this is a uh, a, a, a domestic place. Listen, listen. I want, if, I want if, someone to draw what Bricago <laughs> looks like. Yes, and and if I can find Philip Campbell, Mississippi, on the map. <laughs> shout out to my homeboy back home phil campbell um who has a t- has a town named after him then I really can find Bricago. are you serious i'm That's serious awesome. my man's name is philip campbell and uh and and there is a philip campbell like mississippi or alabama it wow. he owns it i, I mean like that's that, dope man. yeah i mean you just treat he, it like a king yeah exactly it's kind if of, you had the kind, chance, kind of to... like what happened when I when I moved to Chicago. Oh, you know, right. They named Wait, the street what? after you. Had me. Some, you had something named after you. So Midway Midway Airport is on Cicero Avenue. So when I moved here, I flew in and walked down on the street and looked at the street, and it was me. It was my street. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> <laughs> the street was just shaped yep. in, in, shaped. in like six five black man. I right. mean, they renamed it in your honor. I really appreciate yes, that. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, exactly. that's pretty cool. 
I mean, we is. did play the the Jerry the King Lawler music for you last episode, so that, that, would, that would totally be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Cicero Holmes the Third. I'm, I, yeah. Listen, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> you know, for the rest of my life. For the rest oh of my, my life. God. <laughs> Jesus, cocky, <laughs> cocky bastard. <Right. laughs> cocky bloody bastard. Cocky bloody bastard. So. Uh, we have some house cleaning to do really quick, and uh, oh my god, we have the giggles. Oh, yes, we have yes. some house Those cleaning drugs. to do this week, and uh, I guess I want to give a couple of quick shout outs to some folks. Uh, the folks from itch.io. Uh, we want to definitely give a shout out to you guys for retweeting some of our stuff this week. At least the fact that we weren't going to have a show last week. <laughs> we want to thank you for doing that. And I also came across a really dope cat. Um, his Twitter handle is black market. So it's B L K M K T. Um, he is a, a new listener. I, I believe at least a couple weeks in and, um, he was doing a drawing stream, uh, on his stream on, I forgot the name of the site and I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the uh, show notes, but, um, he was doing a drawing stream and he was like, yo, I'm going to listen to the latest episode of spawn on me while I draw. And like folks were in the room hanging out with him while he drew, while he drew and, and was listening to the show while he was listening to the show. So that is freaking awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate the fact that you did that. So we wanted to give you a shout out, say what's up to you and thank you for listening because that was pretty damn dope. That is cool. Uh, I mean, we might be able to get some win, lose or draw going on the show. Maybe right. I, <laughs> I, we are, well, we already asked for folks to draw what Bracago looks like. So that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we can get some, we can get some more. It's a bicycle. It's a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I always love that. Ge- I always love that game show actually because it was just the way to show how badly people draw stick figures. I love I love many game shows, and uh, here's a here's another Stubby Stan fun fact. Uh, Stubby Stan, your boy Cicero Holmes, was actually on a game show. Oh, wait, okay, wait. We have to guess which one you were on. I think it was a $20 million sack pyramid on Dr. Dre. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think it was. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. I was was going to guess. It had to be that. Or the Daylight <laughs> show on, on, on a three feet high and rising. On three feet high and rising. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I don't. I'm not gonna guess the show that you were on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you the show. I wish that you were on. <laughs> okay. I okay. wish that I would have seen you on Supermarket Sweep. Oh, nice. <laughs> Carrying up big ass turkeys. <laughs> Carrying up turkeys. Carrying the big ass turkeys in the ham. <laughs> Give me them turkey necks. We go. <laughs> Can a big ass green giant to the, to the end of that thing. That would have been perfect. That would have been so amazing. Oh, that would have been so good. So, while I would have loved to have been on Supermarket Sweep and I watched it frequently, I was not on that show. I was actually on uh, the Weakest Link. Oh wow! Get the hell yeah. out of here! Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was. I was not not on the hour long primetime one, but on the daytime version that was a half an hour long. Wait, really? Do you have footage of this somewhere? I don't anymore. It was on my DVR many many cable subscribers ago, and I have yet to been able to find it, nor have I been able to find uh, from the via the Game Show Network uh, archive an archive version of it so if there's anyone Damn. out there that remembers me from yeah. the weakest link and would like to provide me with a link um 
to to that video, please either uh, tweet me or send me an email at Cicero at the I bet if you sent the production company a letter saying you were on it, they'd probably send you like a reel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, 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 like an Ampex reel of a uh, yeah. Get this big ass box, box here with right, duct tape right. and a Betamax. Right. Yeah, exactly. Betamax what the hell am I gonna play that on? Yeah, I want to see this though. now, man. That would be dope. So yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was on the show. I was one of the weaker links. Um, it was, it was kind of embarrassing. It was a lot of fun though, and um, I partied with the winner across nice. the street, uh, who won like he won like thirty grand. Um, across the street from the Kodak Theater, the night of the very first uh, American Idol finale. Wow. And really? we got rip-roaring drunk. I personally <laughs> drank probably about $100 worth of liquor on his dime. Thank you very much. Wow. That is a lot of Colt 45, man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's I a lot of more some liquor. Cisco. Some Cisco, some Thunderbird. It's a lot of Mad Dog. Some <laughs> Mad Dog, yeah. Wild Irish Rose. <laughs> Stubby Santa's been brought to you by Thunderbolt. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah, the Boone's Farm Chaser. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Ugh. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a very, very fun time. Very, 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 very good show. Nice. That's craziness. That's awesome. I don't know how, how the hell that works out because that's awesome, but also just like, what? Yeah. That's a ra- that's a random thing you can bring up on a date. Yeah. Yeah. Was exactly. like, hey, I was on the weakest link one time. Ha ha. And, and 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 ironically enough, I've been recognized for being on that show. Whoa. Really? Yes. They yes. were like, you lost. Ha ha. Right, right, exactly. Like I ran into a, one of a good friend of mine. Um the way we we our introduction started was like, "Hey, I know you." I'm like no, you don't. I got one of those faces. He was like, "Hey, you were on the weakest link, weren't you?" Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the rest is history. Terrell McCullough, I love you, dude. So wait a minute, did you lose on a shitty question? Oh man, listen, I I lost on lots of shitty questions. So uh, you know, uh, for those for those of you who don't know how the weakest link worked, was there was a panel of people around. And this guy would rapid fire questions at at each person. And then you had to answer the question. But before you answered the question, you decided to bank the money that had been earned for all of the preceding right questions or gamble the fact that you were going to get your question right and let the next person do so. Um, I had questions like, what is the computer company that also shares the name of a fruit and I said the iMac instead of Macintosh. Wow. Um, oh, no. And then, like, what macaroni company said that they're, like, the cheesiest or something like that. And I said Betty Crocker. Um, <laughs> Did you have, and, like, just a bad case of nerves? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so, so, so the way it worked was, and this is, this is now turned into what happens when you go on a game show podcast. But what happens is... They bus you out early, early in the morning, like six in the morning. We get bused to the studio and then they sit around and they talk to you about rules and they feed you coffee and bagels. And, you know, and then they like interview people and decide what the lineup is going to be for the show. Um, So we started at six in the morning. The the broadcast didn't start until two. So we started taping at two 
And then it was like, we had spent all this time. And then at two o'clock, it was like, let's go. And they, you know, everything was moving lightning fast. And before I knew it, it was over. And I was just like, I just couldn't oh, get my wits, wits wow. about me. But yeah. Okay. It, now, was, it, was, it was pretty amazing. Now, I have, I have, I have a question. Did, did, you miss, did you miss a question about Kraft macaroni and cheese? <laughs> I, 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 did, I did miss the question about Kraft macaroni and cheese. And my uh, rationale for doing so was that I didn't eat that when I was in my house. My mom didn't buy no Kraft macaroni and cheese. She made homemade macaroni and cheese. Because it looks like so. that was Paula's reasoning for voting you off. We just like oh, get the f out of here! Did you uh, find that? Oh shit! Did you find it? Holy shit! So all those. So every time. <laughs> wait. So wait. wait so wait. No. So wait. No. Wait. No. No. Wait. Okay. Every time that I've ever said that Sharif is the internet, <laughs> this is correct. now me finding that to be absolutely <laughs> true. Shariefjackson.com. Wow. Yes. No, so wow. so I didn't find the video, but I found someone posting on another weakest week weakest link video with I think some of the people that you were on with before. Yes. And they're saying I remember Peter almost got voted off for it in round two, but lucked out since Cicero missed a question about Kraft Macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Sharif won the internet again. Right, yes, Sharif yes. has won the internet. Peter, by the way. Oh shit, that's so good. Peter, yeah, by the way, I'm gonna pull. I'm pulling Peter's card in, and put it out on front in, street in the right chat. now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Peter, by the way, is the byproduct of first cousins um, <laughs> being married. Yo, that scared having, me. That scared the hell out of me and, before you started that sentence. Right. Um, first cousins being married and being the offspring of, of said first cousins and his family's motto is if you can't keep it in your pants keep it in your jeans no I, I, rebuke, it, I rebuke it hey listen I can't make it up man I can't make it up I don't know what to do about that Yeah, I don't know what to do about that I have yeah. no idea how to digest that information that you just gave me <laughs> yes. that, is, that is scary on many money levels and actually really funny and gross Oh man. man! All at the same time. So, like, if like any of the listeners want to contact Juan I me to ask Cicero a Kraft macaroni and cheese question, <laughs> and, then we'll have, and then he can answer it live on the next show. There you go. <laughs> Actually, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna if he misses a question, he's gonna have to sing the Kraft macaroni and cheese theme song mm-hmm. that was the one of the eighties. The creamiest, the dreamiest, Vita shells and cheese. Actually, actually, you know what? The funny thing is, because we've been talking about this internally for a little bit, and this actually is a pretty good segue to this, is we have been trying to do a Q&A feedback show, and we want to do a Q&A feedback show so that we can get some questions from the audience and questions from the fans, questions from the listeners. Uh, and we're trying to do that maybe in another five or six shows from now. So we're on 32. We would like to do it maybe even earlier, maybe episode 35 of the show. Uh, we want to give folks uh, a little bit of lead time uh, so that if they had anything they wanted to ask us, they could do it and not feel like it's like super rushed. So if there are any questions, please send it to Khalif at the spawn dot com. Uh, send it to Cicero's email as well. Cicero at the small point blog.com. Don't send any to, to uh, Sharif Jackson.com. Right. Then, <laughs> send them to me. Because then, then he'll find it. And since he's the internet, he'll come to your house. I will right. show up at your house butt naked with a 3DS. Rubbed himself with some cheese. With some Velveeta shells and cheese sauce on his body. <laughs> That's what will happen. 
<laughs> oh man. So so I guess you know video games. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, remember that show that we do? Yeah, the show that is uh, spotlighting people of color in the industry about video games and things like that. Spawn on me, coming to you from supermarket sweep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so I guess this, since we've been off for a week, lots of things have changed in the game in the game space. Uh, we have also been playing Destiny really, really hard, um, and we have now gotten some news that. You've already been doing this since you've been listening to the show at this point, and you've also, at the time that this goes live, would have already already have been experiencing the new patch that went up in Destiny that makes the Cryptarch not a bastard. Less, well, less of a bastard at this point. It's been chronicled how much people hate the Cryptarch and how cheap. He's like the GameStop of Destiny. It's <laughs> like you go in with some stuff with some actual value, and you come out with like pennies and lint. <laughs> So, nice. uh, so they basically upped the drop rate on some things and actually have made the levels of whatever you get actually what you're supposed to get. So greens will be greens, blues will be blues, and purples will be purples. Um, or higher. When you, or higher, yeah. um, which minimum. is great, which is absolutely great because they killed the loot cave in the time that we've been out. And, you know, I'm sorry, rest in peace, loot cave, murder cave. It was good while it lasted, man. It was so good while it lasted, man. So it was so good. It was the Luke cave. It, it it was really good because not only the cave but the public event that was like right there. Oh right, my God. right, exactly. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, it was the public event, and it was the fact that when everybody got together, the whole freaking map would try to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they would yeah. just drop yeah. like seventy people on the map real quick yeah. and try to murder you. Yeah, which was dope. Um. So that's gone live. And it's funny because we played, Sharif and I played the other night. Uh, we were doing a couple of strikes and stuff. We did it like the day of the patch. And Reef was like racking up stuff. He was like making it rain on, on uh, engrams. <laughs> yeah, was it, was, like, it was insane. I mean, it was like, I've never seen as many drops. And the fact that when I got, uh, I got one legendary. And just the fact that I knew it was going to be at least a legendary. I was right. super excited when I saw that shit. I was like, and, and and that's the excitement in a video game that keeps you coming back, like those moments, you know. So yeah, yeah I was I was thrilled. Sure, um, Sharif, uh, see, did you did you see that the patch was like doing the same thing on your end? I know, <clears throat> I know that you have been playing pretty hard too, and you're, you're you got up to what what level are you now? You're like, I'm a 28 now. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to. I need I need some ascendant shards to get to 30. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to skip right over 29. Um, <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to say that the Cryptarch, much like GameStop has, has changed his, his ways of sort. Um, if you're, if you've been to a GameStop, much like, uh, you know, kind of doing a little, um, foreshadowing right now for Sharif Jackson, but, uh. If you go into GameStop and you trade some stuff in, you, the value that you re, that you'll receive is much greater than you anticipate had anticipated. But I will say that, um, much to the chagrin of our boy over at Gamertag Radio Paris, Paris Lily, the Cryptarch for me wasn't as confounding as most people seem to to believe. The day before the patch actually released, I've I got a uh, a legendary engram that turned into an exotic chess piece. Get the hell out That's of here. That's like yeah. a 0.0001% um, chance before this. Right. Well, hey, you know, listen, I get lucky. You know, I was on the weakest link. 
So <laughs> you are the um, RNG. You're you're like right, defining yeah. randomness. Like your <laughs> but, life is randomness. But, right. So so uh, I got a I got a legendary chess piece, and it's a dope chess exotic piece. Exotic chess um, piece, you said, right? Exotic chess piece. Yes, yeah. I got an exotic chess piece. It's a dope chess piece for a titan. Too bad I'm a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wondered if you broke down an exotic. Though. No, I've. I broke down an exotic. What did you get? I got shards and moats. I don't. I mean, the last thing I need are more moats. Um, I've got like thirty-one or thirty-five. Man, you need to go to Zur, man. I went to Zur. I like. There's nothing I or can't like buy anymore from Zur. Like, and no, then, yeah, no, no, but that's from the speaker too. But that's like, how you get what, the shards. Like you buy the stuff from the speaker and dismantle it. Yeah. Uh, well, but no. So the stuff from the speaker. You get like the you can get the armbands, the bonds for uh, warlocks, but then you know that breaks down into hardonic essence. I got mad hardonic essences, son. Yeah. My hardonic <laughs> essence is strong, yeah. B. So, yeah. oh um, I feel like Wu Tang's next album is going to be called like, hardonic, <laughs> hardonic Essence, <laughs> featuring you, God, yep, basically, <laughs> you, God, and Zer. <laughs> <laughs> you, God. <and> <laughs> we can only <laughs> only <laughs> wish. I bet you. I bet you. Zer rhymes like Raekwon, though. <laughs> Mad tentacles, son. <laughs> Shay Shay Lazer. <laughs> um. Yeah, we've been off for <laughs> for um, real. So, um. Yeah, but like, uh. Yeah. So, um. I don't need any more of that. Like, what I've got now is I've got a setup for I've only run with my warlock class. I've only played as a warlock in destiny, including in the beta. And I've, I've said to myself that I will go back and start a hunter class. And maybe now I'll start a Titan class. And the reason that I'm going to start those classes is because I've gotten, I've got full legendary gear for a hunter oh, okay. that I decided not to break down. Cause I'm like, well, I could break it down and then I get like, I get some some shards, pieces that I can man. use right away, but then I also get like um, spin wire and stuff that that warlocks just don't use. So like sapphire wire or something like that, which I think is exclusive to the hunter class. Um, so I figured, you know, I might as well just roll a roll a hunter, and you know, it doesn't take too long once you know what you're doing to get to level twenty, um, and then I can equip that stuff, and I'll be you know I'll be ahead of the game by the time. Uh, you know, by the time I, I get started, which leads me to uh, segue into something else, which is, um, you know, I did the I started the Vault of Glass with a with a group of people, some of some of which are, are part of the Spawn on Me podcast clan on the Xbox, which rolls crazy deep and, um, you know, is is definitely holding me down. Shout out to you guys. Um, but uh, and we had a great time. We got about four hours in before we had to say no mas we were at the very end of the vault um which uh, was streamed on uh, on twitch uh so you guys can go and check it out in my archives if you want spawn on me on twitch uh twitch tv slash spawn on me um the problem with the vault much like the rest of destiny is it's difficult but is only made more difficult by the fact that you just don't know what the fuck you are doing because there are no instructions. Right. 
Like there, there is just so much of the game is, and I, you know, I love it. I've, I, I've got well over a hundred hours in this game already. The problem with the game is that you just don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it. And, you know, you've got a gun in your hand and there are these things that are shooting at you. So you shoot them back. And that's, I mean, pretty much that's, that's the it, that's it. That's the end of it. Um, and, and, you know, part of the problem with the vault of glasses, you go in and there's, there's no instruction on how to make things work and how to Mm -hmm. stop things from, you know, from happening. And the only way for you to, to know how to make things work or how to keep things from, from, you know, winding up negative for you is having someone who's already experienced it. Right. Come in and, and be your sage, be your guide. No, um, I, I, and, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I think it's a, like, if the vault of glass had instructions, like it would just not be as fun. I mean, it's like, I don't, I can't think of a, when I, now I'm not an MMO player, but when I read right. about raids and other games, it's very similar. Like, if you want, you can go, like, you can do it without having a sage. It'll just be hard as hell and right. take you a super long time. But that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, I, I, I don't see the connection between the single player lacking the direction, which I totally agree with, and a mode that's specifically for high level players that want a big challenge. Like, 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 I'm not going to lie. We like, so like Reef and I did it one night with a couple of other buddies and I think, I think that that crew that had done it that night, none of us had actually done it before. So we started it from scratch. I had done it prior, but I was like at a point where someone had gotten me to basically the end of it with the last battle. So okay. I did the last battle and like got whatever I got from it. And then we did it again the other night. And I, I kind of agree with Reef on the point of like, if you knew what the deal was beforehand, it wouldn't be as fun. Because at a certain point, you do become delirious if you don't know what the hell is going on. And you're like, where am I supposed to go right now? We had a one we had one section where uh, spoilers, if you're not done the Vault of Glass, you need to cover your ears right now. Uh, by the time they listen to this, it'll right. be over. Oh, or, or, or close, or close to. Um, so there's the one part where you have these enemies that basically if they look at you, you die. So the end of it is over. Right. Right. We roll through that one section for at least an hour just trying to find a smidgen of a hole in a wall that no one saw when we rolled past it at least 40 times because it was like not even defined as a as an entrance to anything else it's not like my tv is super dark where it was like oh that's a dark hole and i just can't see it because the tv we all missed it it's not like it was just me right right it is it's It's super super hard hard to find and i'm not mad at that i'm just like if you're gonna do a game and make the design something where it's like uh, puzzles within the puzzles within the puzzles. That's dope. I like that part. But you also have to make it intuitive enough that like you shouldn't need a wiki. You shouldn't need people to just stumble upon it right. to make that fun. Right. That's a whole other story. Right. Well. Right. And that's that's the thing that I'm kind of that I'm kind of saying is is that you know when when Indiana Jones goes into the Temple of Doom, he knows what he's searching for. He's done research beforehand and, you know, obviously going through the challenges is a lot different than just having the research and, you know, having done the research and kind of, you know, kind of knowing what to expect. Um, It's it's more, you know, this is more of a case where you just kind of 
haphazardly thrown into a situation and you like you just have to survive and that's you know there is fun to be had um and much like the thing that you're talking about gorgon's labyrinth where there are gorgons that look like they're basically harpies that are that are nigh indestructible they can be killed but you're not going to be able to do it yeah um and if you look at them they shriek and then you die um but but you know, it'd be one thing for them to, when you get to Gorgon's Labyrinth, for them to say, hey, this is Gorgon's Labyrinth, find, you know, find a way out. Or, you know, find this, find this location. Um, right. And, 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 you know, that's one thing to me. Like, hey, find this location. Now I know what I'm looking for. As opposed to just feeling like, you know, like at every step. Once we got past the Templar, which is the first boss in the in you know once you get into the vault, um, once we got past the Templar, we spent a lot of time on the internet looking, trying to figure out where the you know where the the loot crates were and what we had to do at this point and what we were looking for and all this other stuff. And if we didn't do that, we'd have no way of knowing what it was that we were going to do. And th- and that's the reason that the the crew that did it the very first time, it took them 11 hours to do it. But that's and they died by design. Times. This is a high level thing. This is not like the game. Right. This is not like, this is like a, I don't know. In, in my opinion, this is a high level thing that's supposed to be crazy. Like it's okay. supposed to be insane. Okay. Like even to get to a level of 26 or 27, you have to put like, you have to be a hardcore player of the game. Like I don't, right. I, I, even though I think the raid has concepts that should be in the main game, I don't. I think it should be crazy. I think, I think the, I think the thing that makes it different is, and I kind of, I'm, I'm agreeing with both of you in this particular sense. Is like the, the what's the red, what's the red glowing light things and the yellow glowing light things. I forgot what the oracles. Called. So the oracles, that's one thing, right? The being cleansed part, that's another part. So there's a section where. You pick up this uh, this uh, this relic, and then the relic will basically cleanse you from uh, being killed by whatever the the bosses of that particular part, right? And then you have these oracles, which are these glowing lights that are they pop up around the map, and you don't really pay attention to them at first because you're just like, oh, it's a pretty light in the in the map. Right. right, right. But if you don't, in, in, right, in, along with all the other ambient lights, right, it's it's too right. close to being like all the other lights in the in the in the in the level to kind of really throw you off. But then you learned out that. You learn that that's one of the things that will kill you. Yeah. I, I think some of those parts are really interesting, and like like you said, I would love to see some of that. Not necessarily in the main in the main game, but it did add to the like. This is new. This is something that they threw into this that is very very different. And why didn't they do this? It mo- it made me more mad that they didn't do cool stuff like this in other parts of the game. Not just not just the fact that it was in a raid, but like the puzzle jumping parts that were in the game that was kind of cool with the disappearing platforms. Yeah, those were cool. That was fun. Um, Guardian down. Um, <laughs> and, and the other parts of the game that were like that were, were really fun in the raid, but it, it also makes you feel like they are resting on their laurels when they don't do any of that other stuff in any other parts of the game. Like you could use some of those mechanics in other parts and it wouldn't feel stale when you found them again in raids or in big strikes and stuff like the Queens, the Queen stuff that they put out there seems really, really lackluster in comparison 
what to what they could have done with characters that you actually thought were that were possibly or even maybe remotely kind of interesting and they did nothing with those right. characters at all they did nothing with the nothing yeah. with them and yeah. then they kind of yeah. then they kind of pissed on you by like taking away the fact that you could break them down into into other things and like get get yourself some shards and stuff so yeah, not, no not anymore i mean it's it was a good concept yeah. it, it didn't really give me a lot of confidence that the other dlc that's going to come out is going to be that dope that's more worrisome than anything else, but I don't know. What do you think, Sue? Uh, you know, it, it the, see the thing about it is, it may not be dope, but I'm still gonna play it. And you know, like, like I feel like Chris Rock in New Jack City right now. You know, it just keeps calling me and calling me and calling me. Um, like I know it's bad for me, or you know, like I know I'm not getting anything out of it. But but I mean the game's got its hooks in me and I can't I can't stop yo I can't stop won't stop can't stop won't stop um so yeah I mean, it's definitely got its hooks absolutely yeah it's gonna it's about um, to lose its hooks in me for for at least a couple of at least a couple of weeks well and 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 you know by the time you guys are listening to this yeah yeah it it'll have it'll have maybe maybe uh, twenty hours <laughs> um, yeah. Because it'll be hoop time. It'll be time for basketball. But think about this, though. Are there any other games in recent memory that you've played this much in this short period of time? No, no, no. And and that that is a testament to uh, the things that it does right. Uh, You know, outside of, uh, you know, outside of maybe sports titles. Right. And, you know, and it's it's a special type of person. Um, you know, you've got you've been dropped on your head, uh, uh, you know, a little too much or hit in the head a little too much when you when you like sports games the way that uh, some of us here on this show do. But yeah, outside of sports games. No, no, there really there really hasn't been a game. Well, there hasn't been a game since Mass Effect where mm. where I just felt like I had to like there's nothing I could do but play this game. Right. Um, and but the reasons that Mass Effect had its hooks in me were very very different that for than the reasons that that uh, that Destiny has its hooks in me for this period of time. This is how I know it's bad in the Adams household. I came home the other day and I was like, "Baby, can I go shoot some things?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, shoot some things." And then she looked at me for a hot second, did a did a, like a double take, and said, "Do you think that there's going to be a time when Destiny isn't fun?" <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's going to be a time when destiny isn't fun anymore and i knew from that point forward that i had played too much goddamn destiny that it was about that time to maybe stop playing destiny yeah. for a while because she did not have a smile on her face when she said that she said that with the utmost <laughs> sincerity there was not a smirk not a giggle not a yeah. laugh to be found that bad boy was like um do you ever think that and i was like oh shit I know that there are many ears that are hearing that right now and have experienced much, much the same, uh, uh, you know, not ultimatum, but but query, yeah, as it were, because I definitely have. And, you know, my girlfriend, generally, when I'm playing a game, um, she'll just say, oh, you're going to go play some games. Um, but now she's like, oh, okay, you don't have to cuddle with me now. You can go back and play Destiny. I know you, want to play Destiny. <laughs> you know, like it is, It you know, the Xbox has become the Destiny player. Yeah, yeah um, it's it's just, I mean, it's, especially when there's other people on. 
that, right, that you, right. like 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 that's what draws me back because i yeah it's be, no fun by yourself yeah because i've gotten into a few other games in the last couple of days but 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 i leave the ps4 on and if i see people on and i see that they're playing i immediately <laughs> pause and go join a fire team because you know it's it's just so great when there's you know people that you know on. and the hard part is game. it's a great community game and, and and the hard part is now that everyone is around the same level you can actually start doing stuff that you've been trying to do for a while with, with your, your friends. friends and that's the thing that i've yeah. always uh kind of worried about with this game is the, the the way that it gates certain things off from you if you're not the same level you know you can kite somebody through a level and get them stuff which is awesome but also like when you finally get folks who are your level, then you can feel like you can play Crucible a certain way. You can do raids like you want to. You can do night strikes and nightfalls and all that stuff, and it feels really good. Um, I guess you know. I'll, I'll before before we you know one last thing that I uh, that I want to say that I think is kind of interesting mm-hmm. um, about this game is is it's such a funny contrast to have um, the multiplayer the the competitive multiplayer be. 6v6 in this game and not hear a peep out of anyone about it being too small mm, good point. but oh. with titanfall people went crazy it, people went absolutely batshit bananas over the fact that it was going to be 6v6 and there was 6v6 with bots right and and you know now it's 6v6 by you know by themselves and nobody has said a peep not dog have a lick about that. that's a good point it's, I, I, it's really really funny. I, I think the difference is number one, Titanfall. People didn't even know it was gonna have. It's like multiplayer only. People didn't even know about the single right. player until right before it dropped. And sure. Titanfall was and, and respawn didn't know about the yeah single player exactly right until right before. Let's just put this box on the upper right and scream things at you. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, also, um, I think because it came out not at the same time, but kind of the next major shooter after Battlefield sixty four player. Sure, thing. I, sure. I I think once Battlefield came out, people were expecting every, you know, every multiplayer Shoot, shooter to right. be able to do that. I think to Destiny, be because it had the promise of the huge story and right. the world and all that stuff, that people were a little more forgiving, especially because they knew that there were like these public events and and they thought that it. I mean, you know, they thought that it would be more like you could meet all in the tower and talk and recruit people, which it doesn't have yet. Right. You know, but you know, I I I think people were more forgiving on that point because they were looking at all the other stuff. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, see, I know that you had put on the docket that um, uh, Telltale was trying to do some current gen stuff this month. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Telltale uh, has uh, followed suit with everyone else that is um, re- that's basically rocking the what Lisa Brown called nostalgia packs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they have rehashed, um, the walking dead season one and two, um, along with a wolf among us. Um, and they're bringing it to the current gen systems. They're getting it off the legacy boxes and they're bringing it to the current gen boxes, which is the reason I never bought seasons two, season two of the walking dead or, um, or wolf, um, because I just, I, you know, I knew it was going to happen and it, and it finally is, uh, October 24th. Those games will be coming out. That doesn't sound like there will be any type of, uh, in quotes, next Jenny uh, additions um, next to, to 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 either to either of the of the series. 
Um, but you know, I don't really think that they need it. I, I think that the the games aren't about the graphic graphical fidelity. The games are about the stories and and really involving you in the stories. And there's also no word which, but I doubt it. Um, there's no word about whether or not you're going to be able to carry over if you played season one of The Walking Dead uh, to be able to carry over your story from from the from the old from the legacy gen or from the you know from the the old version over into the new version i doubt it though um reef what do you what do you think about that i i think you've you've already played them all right oh yeah but like i well like i've i played them on pc so i haven't to worry about the system transfer right but i feel right. like even if they do something honky like do it via usb drive or something like because like oh. i understand that they don't have the servers probably built up to you know, have it to automatically transfer. I, I can understand that. And right. as much as we love the Telltale stuff, they're still a small company. So I, can, sure. so I can understand that they don't have this big infrastructure built out for that. But at the very least, just make it so you download the metadata on your drive and you re-upload it. Like, I don't see why they wouldn't want to do that. It's, it, it, especially because I'm thinking that they, you know, there's most likely going to be a Walking Dead season three you know, there's right. most likely going to be another right. season of like Wolf Among Us, and of course they're doing right. Borderlands, Game of Thrones, all that stuff. So yeah, I I um I would be shocked if they don't come out with some kind of hackneyed method. Um, but I don't think the fact that it's on, I don't think it needs any quote unquote next gen stuff. I mean, the games are on tablets for goodness sake, <laughs> right? And, and, right. and they play right. just as fine, right. right? And they run just fine. Yeah. yeah. So I think that they're important to diversify the, you know, kind of major games that come out for a next gen to have these kind of games. Um, and I think that that's really all that, all that matters. I mean, you throw some trophies in there and you know, right. that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the achievements, achievements and trophies were already there for, uh, for the, the, you know, the, for the first ones. And so, you know, you just have an opportunity to go back and grab them again. Um, second time around. Yeah, I'm sad um, about that because I now th- it's funny because I really hadn't paid attention to the fact that I don't have my PS3 anymore, and that was my that was my system of choice for those games. At least, at least right. for the season one on on Walking Dead, I have I have not even played season two yet. Oh no! And I haven't finished um, Wolf Among Us either. But Wolf Among Us oh, is no. on PC. Wolf Among Us is on PC, so I'm not as worried about that. But I like. All my saves that were connected to, you know, season one are on a system that is now in someone else's home at some point. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in my PlayStation Plus cloud, but I can't I don't have access to it. You know, like it doesn't work cross system like that, which kind of sucks because right. I really like right. that series. But so does that mean so? Well, the question is to to both of you and Kyle, I'll ask it to you first is, are you going to get this because it, it'll be available digitally and on uh, and in retail on October 24th um, will you get these games and will you play season one will you play the content you've already played again? I can't I literally can't I've made so many di- it, that game is so in a bubble in my mind of like where I was what I was doing my right. mind frame um, all the things that kind of connected myself to that story, that first gen, that first um, episode, not first episode, first season, is totally in a bubble and packed away in a in a box. I remember finishing season one, and my wife came home and saw me sitting there staring at the TV, looking like <laughs> I just lost somebody in real life. So it's like 
I can't go back and try to recreate all. It's like the same thing with Mass Effect. Like I can't go back and retry to make all the decisions that I made. There are some that I would have changed, but it made my story unique, and I can't go back and try to right. fix that now. So it made it made me, and it's weird also because at this point, I've kind of lost the tell the telltale kind of thing. Like I love the story storytelling that they do. I love the art style, especially in Wolf. Wolf is gorgeous. But it, I don't have that same point and click, walk around as walk around a static kind of uh, uh, environment thing anymore. It's kind of like come and gone in a way that I didn't really pay attention to until season two came out, and then when Wolf came out, and I couldn't finish it, I didn't have the same hook, mm. and it didn't it didn't stay with me in the same way. And it's not because they did anything wrong. It's just that I feel like that time is gone for some strange reason. So shout out to Dave Fenoy. Uh Reef, what do you uh what will you well that's right. Well you've already got him on PC, so you so I mean it's like a, a non issue for you. Yeah, so like I'm never gonna change to the console versions. Um I I I don't really see a reason for me right. to do it. Um Right. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep Get going. achievements, yo. You get some trophies. I, I, I don't know, I, I guess. If I'm I did go really back though driven by that. If I did go back, I would buy it again on Vita. That's real. Would you buy it? Would you buy it again on Vita? Would you buy it on your PS4 and just play it on your? I Vita? would. Oh, I didn't think about that. Good point. That's Good actually point. E- wow. Brains. Damn! If they had only asked you that on the missing link on the the, <laughs> <laughs> the missing link. I'm sorry, not the missing link. The, the whatever the hell the name of the show was. <laughs> they might have, I mean, might as well be called the missing link. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Brains. Oh, so, man. What, what, oh, what, man. what if you dip your Vita in some Kraft mac and cheese? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh, my geez. God. <laughs> Speaking shit. of the missing Holy link, shit. we have a Gamergate story. Oh, boy. Ooh. Low blow, low blow. Anyway, so it looks like the Gamergators have finally gotten their way. Um, they finally have found a person to believe them. Just believe me. Just believe me. Uh, And Intel has basically, uh, due to some, I guess a lot, a lot of pressure from Gamergators, uh, has pulled some ads from Gamasutra. Uh, Gamasutra uh, is the the gaming website that's more of like an insiders kind of gaming website it's more for people who are who are already in the industry uh people on the business side of of the gaming side of things are most most likely to check out that site um but lee alexander wrote her famous gamers are dead uh story over on that site and due to some pressure it looks like intel kind of caved and and gave the gamer gators what they wanted by pulling some ad revenue from their site um, I don't know. What do you, uh, I guess we'll go to see first. What do you think about this? How does, how does this make you feel? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. See, it's, it, it's, it's so weird because like, like, I, I don't know who to root for in, in, you know, in this whole war, uh, of, you know, of, you know, gamer gators and all this other stuff. Like when you're rallying against, like when you when you're rallying for uh making sure that gamers are are respected and that kind of stuff you know as a whole i can get behind that but then when you rally when you rally uh, uh against people um you know protesting social justice inadequacies then i can't get behind you and it's the same people so yeah. like i you know like i like it's it's 
obviously I I always I'll always applaud people rallying together to try and get a company to not support something that they think is isn't fair. But at the same time, like, you know, like, I, I don't really get down with these dudes, but I don't know if I get down with the other dudes like, I, you know, like, I don't know if I get down with the blue coats or the gray coats um, mm. like, you know. My my code is plaid, yo. Let me let me let me read um, something really quick that the that an Intel sure. spokesperson said to, uh, to Recode. I uh, said we take feedback from our customers very seriously, especially as it relates to contextually relevant content and placements. I guess this goes again to see you know that people they do. It's weird because they do kind of listen to the the audience when the 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 the, the cries are really really loud. Um, sure, and it, and I I don't know. It's very interesting. Reef, what do you, what do you have to think? What do you have to say? I kind of don't. I well, not that I don't agree, but I kind of take issue with when you said that they got someone to believe them. Yeah, because I think this is the equivalent of a celebrity apology. Like you do something, and then enough people complain that you just say, "All right, whatever. I'm sorry. Whatever. Get out of here." Right. Right. Like right, right. I think that you know. A, I mean, I don't agree with most of the Gamergate ideals, but. Props to them for believing in something and organizing people to hit the advertisers because that's what's going to get people to drop. I mean, you know, right. when advertisers drop from things, I don't think they care or believe. They just want to stop getting emails. But, do you, but don't you think right, to a to certain honest. extent that when you do something like this as an entity, as a, as a, as a, a corporate sponsor, basically as a person who is spending money to, to, to basically advertise on the space that you've deemed safe in some way that when people bring their, their message to you and say, this is something that we don't agree with because it's happened on a site that to a certain extent, you're coalescing to whatever that thing is that they're complaining about. I think that's the implicit result, but I don't think that's right. the rationale behind Intel's decision. I, sure. I, I think that's the perception and the result and that's totally valid. And that is what people are going to think. But I think Intel just said, Hmm, so we spend this much money. We're getting this many emails and they make a right. call and it, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what the emails are about. They could be about your ads or, or what it looked like. They could be like, you know, we don't like Gama Sutra because it rhymes with Karma Sutra, you know, Sutra. Or, right. or something like that. <laughs> That's my and, new reasoning for not liking them. Yeah. Like, right. like, like if whatever reason is enough for people to organize and hit them like that, they're going to most likely respond and most likely um, like the uh, article I, I read, I forgot the, source but i know that um aaron from uh, twib like he posted it um you know it this week in blackness for the rest of you guys yeah right um yeah so so um it was it, it was a um article on the verge that like talks about it and they said what's more clear is that intel's decision was a knee-jerk reaction by the company so desperate to avoid bad press that it didn't look at the human cost of the operation i think that's exactly what it is i think that you know they do complete reactions to getting any kind of organized, um, you know, kind of assault of their media channels, and they drop out. Here's here's the crazy thing, and this uh, this I thought about actually on on the ride home uh, from work was the beauty and irony of this whole situation, especially with Intel pulling back its uh, advertising. And this is this is the funny thing because Gamer Gators are so to a certain extent 
so blind by whatever their thing is right now of like holding on to this identity of gamer and not being, you know, besmirched. You know what I mean? That they haven't even paid attention to the irony that they're doing exactly the same things that they would say social justice, social justice warriors have been doing for years. Yep. This is the same exact tactics that people that they despise have been doing to other people for years. And and they seem to not understand that that is the same thing that they have just done. The same way that they're like, we hate censorship. We hate to have people not do certain things. They've just done the same thing. The same exact thing and the same exact tactics have been used to get their their point across, which is funny as hell. But you know what, though, uh, if you know, if you're a fan of politics the way that I am, the you know, in history, um, the, the way that I am, you you would see or you would notice that these these are the types of things that happen all the time. Again, I'll go back to the thing that I said when we talked about Gamergate, you know, uh, uh, in length, that this is, you know, this is a microcosm of the whole Tea Party movement and and. You know, uh, when when they look back, when, the, you know, when the Tea Parties were rallying against all sorts of different things, they started to use and started to they started to use a lots of the same rhetoric that they were protesting against. Right. And and you'll find if you if you study like if you study terrorism and you study, uh, you know, like especially now when you talk about international terrorism uh, coming out of the Middle East. Um, you'll see that a lot of the terrorist groups will use Western Western technology and Western ideals to recruit and turn people against Western ideals and Western methodologies and Western technology. Um, yeah. So, you know, people will use their phones to send out mass texts to talk about how the evils of the West are corrupting society, you know, using technology that was created from the people in the West. So it's just like when when people have to sit back and look at their, you know, people are kind of they can't look into the mirror and see their own hypocrisy. They never see the blemish that was actually on their face. Um, but, you know, but other people with a with a clean set of eyes can definitely see it. And it's you know, it's the, the difficulty is getting getting everyone else, you know, getting those people that are really involved that are so close to the situation to really kind of understand and, and and see how ridiculous they're being. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's really weird. It's it's not even something that that I'm, I've besides this story coming out this week. I've kind of removed myself from the process of even paying them any, any more mind because it doesn't really seem to be fitting of actual thought processes going towards it. Um, we have to cover it because it's important to the space to a certain extent and seeing how the, I guess that there is a group that has started themselves It's a, co- it's a coordinated campaign called operation disrespectful nod, which you would think that, <laughs> You would think that they would have come up with at least a better name. I want to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to Alex Navarro of Giant Bomb for hashtagging in the the Google uh, 
the Google benevolent group, the Google uh, cabal that they have now deemed right. it. He called it Ben Gamesy, which made me laugh my ass off. Ben, ben this is totally Ben Gamesy. Ben Gamesy. Ben Gamesy to the nth degree. This is totally what that is, and it totally is unreasonable and stupid. So we're gonna move on to something that is actually better and. Deserves, deserves. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of unreasonable and stupid. hardcore politics, <laughs> like hardcore politics. Now we're gonna talk about reproductive rights. Nice. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. PlayStation Home's having a baby. Is that why they're shutting down? I, I was gonna say no. I was gonna say something. No, it's not gonna have a baby. It's not that, having a that baby. That was actually a good segue. That was actually a really good segue. Actually, and I fucked it up. I, I dropped the ball on that one. You uh, did. I totally did. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Home is finally shutting down in February. No, not February. In March. March of next year. So March of next yeah. year, they're and shutting the end, shutting the end doors. Of fiscal year. Go ahead, Gatsy. Yeah, I was gonna say that they're shutting down at the end end of the fiscal year of uh, 2014 because PlayStation Home has made them so much money they decided to end it at the end of the fiscal yeah, year. They were like, we. Um, they basically rolled out in a party bus and then left. <laughs> 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 they were like, they have, they have diamond-plated stripper poles in their, in their right. PlayStation Home party bus and they're bouncing out. Right. Now, I, right. I will say that I'm kind of mad I still don't have a PS3 because I kind of want to be there on that last day. I do too. Cause some cra- you know people are just going to be doing some crazy stuff. When was the last time that you were actually in PlayStation Home? Well, so I got my PS3 pretty late. Um, so I was in there maybe the summer, I would say. Okay. Um, oh. Because like... Uh, of, of this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, wow. be, be, Because I was playing... Be, be, because, you know, I, I got the PS3 over, over the holiday, over Christmas holiday. So I was playing through all these PS3 games... Like, uh, you know, like Heavy Rain and all that stuff. And, like, I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I saw Home on the menu. I completely forgot that it existed. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. So I was going around, you know, and, and, and then I was, like, Googling articles about it. And every article was just talking about how weird it is, basically. <laughs> and, like, how it's, like, turned into second life level of weirdness, um, basically. And, yeah, it was... It just didn't seem to do much. I'm actually surprised that it made so much money, but I guess the advertising and all the companies that they had in there really, you know, made a lot of money. I mean, I figured that this that running the servers alone would have would have, you know, eaten away all the money and that's why they were closing it. But if it's made all this money, I don't really know why they're closing it. I don't know either. I mean, it made so much money off all those digital tchotchkes that you would get. It's like, I want this (laughs) bubble maker that sits in the corner of my bubble room that sits in the corner of my bubble house and then does nothing because no one can ever come over. So I, um, I last used PlayStation home. Uh, I want to say maybe a year or two ago, there was, there was, uh, Something about probably two years ago, PS3 or the, the Sony said that their E3 footage, their whatever whatever that that entire show floor was going to be, what it was going to exist in, in PlayStation. Oh yeah, I remember that. So I went, so I went to go and look for it, and and go and find it. So you know, I started I started booting up home, then I went to take a shower, and um and then I shaved. And and I ate some food. I made some food, and then I came back and then waited five minutes and then it was finished loading. 
Um, and then I actually got into home and walked around and tried to find the stuff and I couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> there were, there were things about PlayStation home, the idea, and this is, you know, this really just kind of goes back to one of the things, one of the main problems that I have with, with PlayStation, um, is that they've got lots of great ideas, but they they miss step two. Um, you know, step three is always profit for them, but when it comes to their their internet and their networking solutions and, and how they implement those things, I really don't think they've got it figured out, which is really confounding and, and perplexing because they're Sony. You know, it's not like they're they're new to the technology game. They're not new to the to the internet per se. Um, you know, it, it's just so weird. PlayStation Home is just, in my eyes, is just a microcosm of the problems that the PlayStation Network is and was and will be until they, you know, until they come around and and really kind of rethink the way they do business. Well, well, so, so like you mentioned that they're not new to the technology game, but remember, they're losing money on a lot of these other businesses yeah. outside of Hemorrhaging. outside of their insurance business that I know is I think do, do, <laughs> do, doing really well in uh, in uh, Japan, but they're like they definitely have the name recognition, but they haven't really been a uh, significantly like money-making tech strictly technology company outside of gaming in a while right right yeah right. yeah i think i think right. home yeah. was a really fun experiment i remember going into home and then rocking a ghostbuster outfit and walking around and dancing in front of people <laughs> for a long period of time nice. which was a lot of fun um i did buy the ghostbuster set which had the whole house that's cool. How much was it? It was like the five dollars. They were like five dollars for that. Were, were 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 you able to slide down the pole? You can't slide Thanks. down the pole, which was super whack. Yeah, that's kind of whack. They had a Ghostbusters trap that didn't work. That was super whack. And the I was that, and I had a costume that made me look like a PlayStation Move. <laughs> what? Because I'm an asshole and a dummy. And I spent money on dumb things like stuff in PlayStation Home. But but I will say it was kind of cool when Starhawk came out because you could like launch games from within home and like gather people and then all go out. And also they had a cool thing later on and it wasn't it was until, it was until like way later where you could um watch movies with your friends in your PlayStation home. That was cool. And then I would like put up pictures of my then girlfriend, now wife in there. And they would be like, Oh snap. I didn't know that that was what your girlfriend looked like. And I was like, yeah, she has a face. Thank you. Stop. Don't worry. Well, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know we're harping on it, but this is the kind of stuff that I feel like companies need to do. They need to take risks, do stuff. It might fail. It might like succeed, but they do need to, you know, keep on doing things that are kind of out of the ordinary. Right. Um, and they did make money on it. I mean, you know, um, so I, I do think that I'm glad they did it because they did need to do something to differentiate themselves from 360 at the time and Xbox Live. So, I, you know, I, I except you know. except that 
um, what PlayStation Home was doing, especially with the theaters, which was cool. And, and, and you know, the thing that they that they did, which was which was innovative, was to allow you to um, basically um, host a movie or some, you know, of of some sort. Um, like, like, you know, you hosting your pictures, so you could put up a slideshow or something like that, something that was on your hard drive and let other people see it. And that was really cool. The, the problem was that they were piggybacking off of something that Microsoft was able to do with Netflix because, you know, they were the first console that had Netflix on the 360. If you guys, you know, I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. remember, there was a theater that you could sit and with your friends, with up to four oh, yeah, friends. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and, like Netflix and party, uh, you know, uh, watch watch a movie, yeah. you know, in the party, sit in a party and watch a Netflix movie, um, you know, Mystery Science 3000 It was style. so good. It was so um, much fun. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. You could do a bunch of emotes. Um, I remember watching a few really, really terrible movies with, uh, with my friend uh, uh, T-Mani. Um, he and I sat and watched. He watched Short Circuit for the very first time. That way. Johnny Five. Um, J- Johnny Five. So, which I didn't know. I just little fun fact that I just found this out. The Indian guy in Short Circuit isn't even Indian. Yeah, He's that's why you call it. That's um. Yeah. Oh God, I for- I, know, I know who he is though. I forgot. I didn't realize it's mad racist. Yeah, it's yeah. completely racist. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> it's mad it's something racist. Steven. Like, it something even... Stevens. Yes, yes, something Stevens. Exactly. But right. I, I, uh, I, I will say that. Uh, shout out to Short Circuit Two for having probably the best product placement ever. When beat up ass <laughs> Johnny Five rolls into Radio Shack. And, and 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 rebuilds himself. That was one of the best product placements I've ever seen in a movie. After after they cut him up with the axe right. in the middle of the street in daylight, oh <laughs> just God. chopped up a robot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but at the end he got his citizenship yes. and they made him gold. The end. Okay. Right. Yeah. There you go. They made him gold. Yep. They, you know, he's a, he's a Cassie. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> so um, yeah, so like, yeah, they were able to innovate on the thing that the, the 360 did with the theater. Um, they made it a little better. The problem for me was, you know, kind of what I was alluding to in a, in a little joke um, was that getting to PlayStation Home, like I could have driven home from Chicago to my home in Long Island in the time it took for home to look. <laughs> um, so like, it, it, like it, it's just. It wasn't, it was never worth, even, you know, for the cool bits that you got to do while you were in there, it was never worth the trouble in my eyes to actually get there. Yeah. Um, just because it took so long. And then when you got there, it was super quiet. You know, people are typing and, you know, and like, it's like, I, I have a console so I can avoid all of this computer shit that, that, you know, that people are doing. And, you know, the, it, you know, when you do it on the computer, when you're typing on the computer and you're communicating with people via keyboard, it works because you have a fucking keyboard. And when you're trying to do it on a controller, it's I had the little the chat same. pad on my on my PS3 controller, though. So I was I was check good. this pad. You know what? Wow. Um, <laughs> check this pad over here. Wow. I would I would say the way call it, though, the, the biggest thing that I really did like about home and I wished that they had gotten it right and they didn't was the public game stuff that they had like bowling was great and the arcade game stuff was great until you had to wait for someone to get the 
fuck off the game. And the queue and the queue was crazy. You like sat there for well, well you just have well, to well, just have to fight him like you did at the queue. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like if I wanted that, that I would have just did it in real life. I I, I, I I mean, did it did, did it like accurately simulate like a dimly lit like uh? It had like a section where, off to the where side. Fights might break out. Yeah, there was like two dudes who tried. I mean, to... Could you get some pizza in in in, in uh -huh. I mean, all the pool tables were lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> might have a cue ball, might not. There was there was like right. red stripe bottles on the ground. <laughs> oh my! God. It was a fight. Right. You know, it was stuff like that, but it was it wasn't yeah. it, it wasn't really true to life like it really should have been. Besides right. standing in right. virtual lines that I could have been in real lines for. Yeah, see, and and uh what's true to life in in dope arcades is good music didn't happen at home, but we've got we've got dope music. So this is our arcade. Check inside the faculty lounge. You rock with secret red tape was holding it down. You can catch a teacher seated by the window trying to take a breather. Either that or strangle one of these little demon heathens. Try being high and holding two positions. The same time as art teaching admin assistant. So you gotta work through lunch. They tripping in the rough school district. Shit, man, listen. One time for my people on the front lines. When summer's over, they can fight the war inside. A lot of times underpaid, overqualified, and overworked. Cause this ain't a normal nine to five. Strive to stride, somebody gotta make a change. Fight for right, stand up. This ain't no time to lay. They say that if you can't do teach, well, those who can't teach ain't got no room to speak. Yeah. At the uh. beginning of the year, I really had to reconsider. My students didn't care about the lectures I'd be giving. Didn't think that I could do it, like dividing over zero. But I think I'm breaking through, cause I'm providing them with heroes who inspire. Them to aim behind and a little Niro. Now they fired up and wanna fight the power with the people. Truth is really killing me, like I'm in a drive-by. We ain't telling history that ain't about a white guy. We gotta learn about biology and chemistry. Think about it, we can teach the words of public enemy. It's really as important as endoplasmic reticulum. Matter of fact, I'm gonna be redoing my whole curriculum. I'm taking Whitey out, I'm putting Biggie in. I'm making right about the killing of the Indians. My principal is gonna be mad at me now for what I'm spitting in the faculty lounge. Ha. Back to school and I hate it there, I hate it there. Kick the truth to the young black My kids is on drugs, half they took it home, half the school gave them. They told the school would save them, nah, school and slave them. My principal wasn't stressing education, them chips more concerned with decorations. Talking about I need more posters. Any minute cops are rushing, it's the polytosis out they holsters. How am I supposed to teach a class? But just a period early, students caught in ass and tapping from some tenure, piece of trash. Take me 20 minutes just to get them back to feel like human beings. To where the ones can't even read, at least with human me. I try to give them extra time These kids already on their second strike Frustrated by their second trial Brown people then had a roller But what's the role? 2005, I'm teaching in a segregated school And overpopulated, overmedicated Designated, devastated, it's cruel hey, Yo, the natives are restless Borderline aggression And that's the educators They say a teacher's reward is in heaven What gave them a question? Like, how can I teach out a textbook Older than my nana Understand me, it's priceless MasterCard, ask the guard Administration's the key They pay twice as much And work half as hard some more, you ready to hit the picket line? They say, nah, these kids are fine, get inside. How do I tell a kid that he can be a future leader? But all his teachers seem to do is 
up and leave them. I'm trying to overstand how we improve With white flight on the rise And all of my bright kids move to the burbs Cause the city they ain't feeling it Really it's not that much better They just better at concealing it I'm just one I ain't speaking for the rest But nobody's learning if we teach them to the test Obama and Romney Make it cleaning up the mess When I waste half a period Just keeping them in death Nowadays schools are lacking accreditation Giving students daycare that pass for education So if or when I'm waiting in the back of a gas station And a kid runs up with a gap What can we say then? 9,000 graduates, 400 scandals But guess what story gets on the most channels uh, Welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast Episode 32, the Herb Williams episode um, nice. Hope you enjoyed that music break That was uh, Mega Ran um, uh, a not new artist, but an artist that's new to to me and new to the show. Um, in the song called Fac- "Faculty Lounge," is the remix featuring Don Will, um, our homegirl Samus, who needs to come on the show. Shout out to Samus, uh, our homeboy, homeboy Sandman, who also needs to come on the show. And um, you know, Quasi's kept Mega Ran may be on the show real soon. You can find his stuff on SoundCloud, uh, Mega slash Mega Ran Music. Um, check check it out; it's dope. Um, you know, it's that that's that track is just a uh, a harbinger of things to come to your ears if you uh, check him out on SoundCloud. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, and I actually saw Mega Ran perform here in Milwaukee at the Forty Two Lounge. Like the local gaming dope. bar here, he is definitely, definitely a dope MC, and you know, d- does the geek thing, and yeah, he's good. And I also saw yeah. Herb Williams at my one of my best friends' christenings of their baby. Word. Yep. Yo, I stood right next Herb's, to Herb Williams while he was holding yo, the baby. Yeah. Herb Herb Williams is mad hood son. I don't know if you guys know. Are that, you serious? Herb, yo, Herb, <laughs> Herb Williams is mad. <laughs> what are you talking hood. about? Yo Herb Williams. Yo, Herb Williams will knock you out, son. <laughs> Don't mess with Herb, son. So wait, Herb Love was that a, dude. Wait, so wait, Herb what Williams is wait, Herb Williams is not a herb? Nope. Herb Williams <laughs> is no herb, son. A word. That yeah, yeah. Especially now he ain't got no job. Listen. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna you be throwing punches and elbows, Williams. he ain't do any of that in the freaking ten years that he was in the goddamn league. Hey, way listen, more than ten me, years. Love dude. me some her. Yeah, that's true. Way yeah, more word. than ten. Was, way more than ten years. In the forty-two years he was in the league, he didn't <laughs> yeah. throw not one elbow. I think yeah. he gave Robert Parrish a run for his money in terms of uh, being oh, the old so. dude on the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he was love like the eternal her. player coach. Robert <laughs> love, Robert love Parrish me. is the only NBA player that was like, "Oh, let me pull the peach basket down for you." <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! Back to games. what's up, James Naismith? What's up, man? <laughs> right, right. He called him Jimmy. <laughs> J- Jimmy Naismith. <laughs> okay, all right. Back to games. Uh, back to games. Um, we've got Sharif Jackson on on the show. We have Sharif Jackson on the show a lot, and when Sharif Jackson is on the show. Then usually we talk about this Japanese company that used to make games back in the day. Sony, um, right, <laughs> right. Hitachi. They had they had a little they had a little jingle. Do 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 do. Nice. So uh, yeah, so it's time for the Nintendo section. Nintendo talk with Sharif Jackson. Thank right. you very much, Cicero. 
<laughs> We're on to Nintendo talk. If that's what Nintendo sounds like, I don't want any Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo sounds like a drunkard. Oh, that would be awesome if I could get like like a <laughs> drunk if, Mario. It, no, well, I was thinking more of a drunk Reggie Fisume. Just Yo. like doing like a drunken like Nintendo Direct. We're still trying to beat uh, so, Gamertag Radio to getting Reggie fils on Reggie, the show. Yeah, Reggie on the race show. Race to I'm Reggie. I'm Hashtag race to, race to Reggie. Yeah. Reggie's Reggie's never done anybody's show. Ever. Yeah, Ever. which so is we, weird. We gotta, now, yeah, now, now we I did find some blackmail. I, I haven't met him, but I did meet Shigeru Miyamoto, wow. which was awesome. He was at the Nintendo... Yeah. He was at the, the, uh, the, the Nintendo World Store in uh, Manhattan. Wait a minute. Did you did get a like, picture? Did he like float? I was saying, so, did you get like a picture or something so, with him? So I have an embarrassing story where yes, my I gave my phone to someone to take a photo, uh-huh. and when they gave the phone back to me, it said, "We can't save this photo because there's not enough storage." On your phone. <laughs> oh. And I didn't get the opportunity to take another photo. Oh uh, man! So oh, that's painful. Yeah, I I had too many podcasts. On you, because I'm stupid. Uh, uh, well, you know, if you if you had a phone with external storage, maybe you could have bought a, a SD card, and you would have been able to take care of that. But good point. That's true. Mm. But that would have been filled with podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. All right. Hey, did I ever tell all you guys? Um, I was just going to tell you guys. It's just just for Sharif and and Ka. Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I um, that I met um, uh, John Thompson, the you know coach of Georgetown? No. Um, and it was Willis Reed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What? You yeah, really thought that. that John Thompson that. was Willis Reed? Do you know I how that. tall I mean, Willis Reed is? Yeah, you know how tall John Thompson is? He's not. They're the same height. They're 6'10". John Thompson? Yes, John Thompson. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't we don't wait. John Thompson is not six ten. Wait a minute. This is not even the important part of the story. You ain't never met Martin Luther the King. I I, I mean, I've I never met John Thompson before, but I didn't realize he was that tall. Can we can we can we not pass over the fact that black people that 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 Cicero can't determine which (laughs) black people are the other black people? Look, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm trying to deflect it from him and 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 put it on me. But, right, right. no, no, no. I want, I, I want him to feel the pain of not being like he basically did the Lawrence Fishburne Samuel Jackson to. John <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but look, look. All right. Well, so here's, so here's the thing. This, this is what was going on. I was, uh, I was at a an awards ceremony for my for my son over at, at Chelsea Pierce, and they were lots of current. Um, Current Knicks, Jets, and Liberty players at the at at the awards ceremony, and then there was this this really tall, um, you know, elderly black man with with salt and pepper hair, and you know, I was like, oh man, that's John Thompson, you know, Patrick <laughs> Ewing, Patrick Ewing couldn't be there, True. blah blah blah. blah. Right, and I'm like, oh, and you know, I ran into him, and I was like, oh man, Coach Thompson is such a nice to meet you. <laughs> he shakes my hand, he goes, "What's your name?" And I say, Cicero Holmes. It's like, yeah, it's nice to meet you too. And then, like, <laughs> I walk away, and I look in the program, and I'm like, oh, Willis Reed is here. 
oh, Willis Reed just shook my hand. John Thompson is not here. Um, here's a picture, by the way, of John Thompson standing next to um, Patrick Ewing. And they're almost the same height. Wow, I didn't realize he was that tall. So basically, Robert. what we found out was that Cicero thinks all black people look alike. People look alike. I yep. mean, all they... tall black people. No way. He was. I'm he six was like. Two. <laughs> Wait, I'm six two. And if you're if you're almost almost a foot taller than me. And I can't really tell what you look like up so, there. So, so basically, <laughs> all black people over the height of six four, right? Okay, with salt all and black, pepper hair, all, black all look like Morgan Freeman okay. to him. Right. All, all right. So, like, I, I really don't centers, appreciate like this photo that you sent. It's like a presidential photo of John Thompson, what? Ronald Reagan, and Ewing. Why did they put Ewing in a yeah. suit, man? He looks ridiculous. Like, right. Why is Ewing in a suit alone? Jersey and short shorts <laughs> while John Thompson and Reagan are in suits. It just looks weird. Looks weird. Leave, leave him alone. But wow. Why is he? Okay, this is bad radio. Doesn't that look weird? And, and, he got, and he got the middle part. He was rocking. He was still rocking the middle part. The middle part. We, need to, we need to post this in the show notes because he is uh, totally rocking the major <laughs> Daisy Dukes right now. That is so weird. And, 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 like, Ra- and Reagan uh, is like, two black people are really tall next to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. While yeah, whatever right. president, whatever uh, presidential picture in there is like, how did they let these motherfuckers in here? Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, yeah. I bet they had welfare mothers. Anyway. Right. <laughs> All right. So, Nintendo. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, speaking of things from the 80s. Speaking of things from the 80s. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna let that. It's time slide. to talk about Nintendo. Uh, let's talk about the 2014 Nintendo. Um, starting at guard. Um, um, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> From the bucket list, the voice of God. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so um, as you guys heard early in this show, we've been playing uh, Destiny pretty hardcore. Um, but one game has taken some of my time away from Destiny, um, and that game is Hyrule Warriors. Um, this game came out recently for the Wii U. Um, it's a Team Ninja game that is basically the Dynasty Warriors franchise um, with a Zelda kind of skin on it for all intensive purposes. Um, and if you haven't played any of the 600 Dynasty Warrior games that came out right. last generation... <laughs> Um, it's basically a game where you're just fighting multitudes and multitudes of enemies. And the whole thing is that you just get these huge combos. It's a third-person action game. Um, and, you know, I think it has a really dedicated like community of like people that love it. But I feel like it's kind of a love or hate game. There's not much in the middle because it is repetitive. Um, but some people like that because, because the action moves are cool and stuff. So I've had some decent experiences with Dynasty Warriors. I decided to give this game a shot because I'm a huge Zelda fan. Um, I wasn't going to get it at first because it's a full price $60 game and I wasn't sure if I was going to get that much out of it. But I did have some uh, some uh, discount codes and stuff because, uh, you know, one thing that, that Nintendo does that I feel like is underreported that if you buy a digital game for every $50, you get a $5 coupon, huh. um, a uh, credit in their store. Right, so I had a bunch of those kind of saved up, so I was able to get um, 
this game. And you know what? It is pretty fun, actually. Um, now, I've only played it, I think I put about four hours into it. Um, and it's one of those games where I can tell I'm going to hit a wall and be done with it. I can tell that I'm going to hit a place where I'm like, all right, I've done this already. I'm done. But for these four hours so far, while I'm like going through the story and like this character from Twilight Princess will come and then this character from Skyward Sword and this one from Link to the Past, like it kind of combines all these different characters. And I mean, you can play as villains, you can play as Ganondorf and these other people. Um, you know, it like has these really cool kind of rock and roll versions of the uh, theme songs. And you're just beating up like tons and tons and tons of like Octoroks and, and you know, and, and like the traditional kind of enemies. But it's definitely not a Zelda game at all. It literally is Dynasty Warriors. It's like a Dynasty Warriors mod, you know. Um, as much as I'm enjoying it, I probably would not recommend it as a $60 game just because I don't think that you'll probably get more than five hours out of it maybe six hours out of it maybe um now they are planning on some dlc where they're gonna have like uh, new maps and stuff but it's one of those games that's fun and and i would definitely highly recommend it at like 30 or even maybe 40 dollars but as as a major 60 dollar game i just don't think it has enough um in there but it has been a good destiny distraction though you know do you feel um, like if you don't have the kind of backstory, not backstory, but basically if you don't have that connection to the characters that it's going to be something that those people can play as well? I honestly think your like of this game will depend way more on Dynasty Warriors than Zelda. Um, I think that the Zelda lore makes it extra cool to people that n n know the characters, but if you're a huge Zelda fan but you hate Dynasty Warriors, you won't like this game. But okay. if you are a huge Dynasty Warriors fan and hate Zelda, I think you still have a chance of liking this game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, are there any Destiny... Destiny, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> are, there, are there any uh, Dynasty Warrior games on, uh, on the Wii U? No. Nope. Okay. So this is the first... Is, this is Koei, right? Yes. Or Koei or whatever. Um, Koei. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Go away. Um, <laughs> is this the first? So, so this is the first uh, Dynasty Warrior style game on on the Wii U. Yeah, um, I think on the Wii so as well. I don't think on any the, of those oh, okay, hit the okay Wii on on Nintendo. Period. Okay. Now, um, is it is it drop and drop out co op? It is, but one reason that this game is getting really low scores is because the co-op supposedly drives the frame rate down really, really badly. Um, like, like the game, like, like it did on the PlayStation, the original I, PlayStation. I, so I've never played it on the original PlayStation. Okay. Um, but I know that even though the co-op has one person using the gamepad and one person using the screen, so it's not like a split. Like, it's not like it splits the screen, but it is kind of delivering two different signals. Like, uh, like okay. they say that it gets down to sub 30 frames per second rates um, to where it's basically a slideshow. And a lot of people, including like the Polygon like review, that really drove down a lot of people's experience. Hasn't affected me because, you know, I don't play it in co-op. 
Um, but, uh, you know, that's definitely like the co-op was like kind of one of the selling points of it. And it looks like it's, sure. it's, it's a disaster. Wow. Hmm. That's crazy. Well, yeah. And, yeah. you know, being, you know, and, and like it doesn't have any uh, online play either. So if you wanted to, you know, play with someone, you have to deal with a co-op that just looks like it was just not done well. That's a, that's a little bit disappointing. I mean, it seems like the, the game like that would be way more fun with, you know, extra people that you could like run around with and do stuff with. Yeah, I mean, and, and and like you know, it's it's a fun game. I mean, it's it's definitely. But like, if you know, if I didn't have any other games to play and I was playing this one, I'd probably have been done with it already. Right. But it's a good side game. You know, which sure. I think has a place, but not a sixty dollar place. Not a sixty dollar place, right. Yeah. right? Now, now is what are the Zeldifications of the game besides the characters? Like, is there any kind of special? Because you know, one of the things that I like, I I, I was a fan of Dynasty Warriors. I've you know, I've played the Dynasty Warriors series, meaning I played two of them to realize they're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are. Um, <laughs> so you know, so you know, so I'm done. Um, and they've done this before. They've done, I think, Gundam, Dynasty Warriors, Gundam, or something like that. Um, but uh, what are the what are the Zeldifications? One of the things that happens in Dynasty Warriors is, you know, people get supers and they, you know, they have a sword and they splash around and they kill, you know, massive amounts of enemies at at, at one particular, you know, at one particular time. Um, what do they do that makes it like Zelda-ish? Is there anything that that happens? Like, does an ocarina come out and you? Oh yeah, blow the ocarina and, and yes, you know. yeah. So like all those supers and stuff are all straight out of the Zelda universe. So for okay, so for example, you hit people and you get rupees, you know, which is awesome. Oh okay. And then like there's like a crafting system where you spend those to upgrade like your gear and your weapons and that kind of thing. Um, right. And you know you like get things that are kind of traditional to the Zelda series, like the fire rod and the ice rod and like all that stuff. And like, you can use those instead of the sword and like a level those up uh, too. And like all the other characters kind of like have their own different, uh, different like weapons that like the ocarina. And uh, I believe in the next DLC that like Epona, who's like uh, Link's horse, um, actually becomes a weapon where like you can like come in and like ride it and like take pe- in and like kind of like slash people while you're riding on the horse and like that kind of thing. So, so like everything comes from the game. I, I mean, all the levels are from you know are from the uh, different games in the series. And there's even a mode of the game which is actually pretty cool. It's called the adventure mode, where now like now now this this is like a online part it basically gives you a, a map that looks like the 8-bit original zelda map oh, and, and, and like okay. and like there's a bunch of like challenges like a kill you know this many people in five minutes or like whatever um and then you can see like the leaderboards and like a who did what and like a, and like a, that kind of stuff um yeah it's it's just you know i it's 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 so hard for me to not recommend it but you know, just in this time of games, especially at this time of year where there's so many full priced games that are coming out and vying for your attention, e- e- even if the Wii U is your only console, I would still say, like, you know, 
you know, catch this on the cheap or rent it or something like that. Um, right. Well, that's, I mean, it's terrible that they're, that they, you know, that, that people just come out and they say, and I know games are expensive to make. And, and, you know, for those who are listening that don't really know that games are in prohibitively expensive oh, to yeah, make. They're incredible. Um, and, and like, I, but I, I think that organizations sit back and they just kind of fall into this complacency that the pricing schedule is, you know, $20 for a digital only title um, and $60 for a retail release. Um, and, and, and don't believe that coming in at a price point that's lower than that is advantageous. Um, because when, when, you know, the, and that's part of the problem for reviewers is that when you're reviewing a game and at least, at least in my opinion, you should, as you're reviewing a game and you're looking at a game and you're, you know, someone's looking to you, to, uh, to you to recommend a game or, or not recommend a game, you've got to factor in the price. And, you know, if someone's coming back and they're saying, well, look, this game is great. It's a lot of fun, but it's not $60 worth of fun. It's, you know, it's maybe $35 worth of fun. And if the game was 40 bucks and you say, all right, well, you know, it's 40 bucks. It's maybe a little overpriced, but it's 40 bucks. And, and, you know, maybe it's worth it at 40 bucks, but it's, you know, it's definitely not, if it's maybe worth it at 40 it's definitely not worth it at 60. Yep. I totally agree. Um, Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to kind of like parse that out sometimes. It's like, well, if this was a little bit better, how much dollar per game am I getting basically? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I've always um, thought that that was a good argument, but I but I do see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, it does feel different when you're going in, you know, with that money. Like it shouldn't, but it does. Right. Well, you know, hey, listen, man, that's just so that's a lot of backspins and moonwalks and worms to earn that sixty dollars. <laughs> I don't know. You're still breakdancing so. for money. What's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. You know, I mean, since we're talking about the '80s. Talking about Nintendo, I figured you know I figured I talk about stuff that was relevant I mean, to the like decade. Cicero had like the uh, linoleum out out on the on the street backspin. Yep, yep. I had I had um, some shell toes. I had some gazelles. Didn't you have a breakdancing um, battle with Herb Williams? Yes, um, <laughs> that's that's how I know he's mad hood, son. <laughs> over, his, over, over there shooting dice with a Herb Williams. Playing CeeLo with Herb, yo. CeeLo with Herb. Oh my yep. God. You, you know, break it down and give you the, give you that move. No. Give, give me no. this move. No. No, no, no. <laughs> this is this is going nowhere fast. So I'm gonna move on to Smash Brothers. All right, do um, it. <laughs> so right now, at this moment, right Fucking now, fresh. and we're recording this on October second, I'm downloading the full version of Smash for the 3DS. Now, I've had the demo for two weeks um, because Nintendo actually gave Club Nintendo members, Platinum members who have spent a certain amount of money got an early copy of the demo. Um, so I've been playing it for about two weeks um, as like right. four different characters in one stage. It's really, really good. Really? Um, I was under the impression that this would kind of be a scaled-down version of smash brothers Mm -hmm. and i did play it during e3 back when nintendo had all their stuff at best buy um Mm -hmm. and it was good but i was still kind of on the fence about it but playing this version i mean it's there's no interruptions smooth 60 frames all the way 
Um, you know, it, 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 it controls really, really well. Um, they took out some of the annoyances that people didn't like about brawl, which such as, such as like the random tripping that people would do where they would just randomly fall, (laughs) um, which was kind of dumb. Um, you know, and you know, it just plays exact, like you feel like you're playing a console game, which is, you don't feel that a lot on the 3ds where like it often feels like it's like you know like this is the 3ds version like it's understandably going to be different i'm really surprised how much they got out of a console that you know um, i didn't think would be powerful enough for a full smash brothers game do you feel Um, like the do you feel like the like the translation is just as good as if it were on a bigger console so they did make some changes. Like they changed the art style. It's more of a hand-drawn, cartoony art style, okay. which I think works really well with the kind of game that it is. Um, because, 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 like you know, the the like console versions are like much more. I won't say realistic, but they're much more like, <laughs> like, like they're not like a cartoony looking, right? Um, you know. Um, so aside from that, yes, it feels like a, it feels like a console game. Um, and it's using so much of the 3DS that you actually can't do some of the multitasking stuff that you can do with other 3DS games. Like with normal 3DS games, you can always like, like suspend the game and then go to the Miiverse and post like a screenshot of it. Right. In like, in like Smash Brothers, you can't because they said that we're taxing the CPU so much that we can't do that. Right, so like this game, I think is really pushing the system to the limit, which I think is why is why like Nintendo was starting to roll out that new like like a 3DS in Japan and stuff. Um, the new 3DS. The new 3DS. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's you know I'm super impressed by. It. I literally have like no issues with it, and I'm not a hardcore Smash player but i did play quite a bit of brawl i didn't play that much of melee because I, I didn't own a gamecube um but like i've seen it Shame. at at like evo and tournaments and like that kind of thing um but man this is gonna be the game that pushes the 3ds numbers even higher um than they are now i mean this is just fantastic and i literally won't be surprised if it gets straight nines and tens around the board i'm pretty sure that the review embargo will be lifted by the time this show goes up so i'll be curious to see how it does because man going off of the demo like this is like just a stellar stellar job so what do you expect from the wii u version of the game that's uh reportedly still rumored to be released later this year um i mean i expect it to be great as well I, 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 I mean, do you expect it to be any different? Do you expect it to be better, the same? Well, I definitely expect it to be better, um, most notably because of the controls. Um, I mean, just that the variety of controls that you can use from the Wii U, like the uh, Pro Controller, plus plus like they're uh, actually coming out with a GameCube controller adapter. Um, right. And most hardcore Smash Brothers players live and die by the GameCube kind of controller. Um, so you can basically play it like four different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the 3DS controller, but it has not, it, it's just no contest for a actual console c- 
controller in a game like uh, Smash Bros., which is so deep and really requires like precise kind of movement, um, right. that like control really, really makes a, a, a big difference, you know? Um, and, you know, obviously the Wii U will be in like HD and, and like all that stuff. And the difference is that the levels, so like if you never played Smash, it's basically all the, all the Nintendo characters in a fighting game, basically. Right. Um, and each level is a level from one of the games that the character is from. So there's like Star Fox levels, Animal Crossing levels, Mario levels, blah, blah, blah. But the 3DS version will have mostly weapons and levels from the handheld versions of those games. Whereas that's, that's dope. the Wii that's version will cool. have weapons from the console version, which is actually really, really uh, that's dope. a okay. uh, great idea there. Um, right. so like the levels will, will be, uh, different, the control, um, and, and, uh, you know, I think the online capabilities are pretty much going to be the same, but the fact that you, when you're on your 3 ds you're not always going to be connected. They have this mode called like smash run where you basically go through this five minute kind of single player level and you collect all these kind of power-ups and then you go into the main fight and you use those like power-ups in the fight so like that's kind of like a 3ds exclusive one so so there are some differences there is a connection between the smash brothers and the wii version i know that you can connect the two games and they haven't quite released yet what that's going to do which i think is completely idiotic since the games are so close to coming out like sometimes like nintendo just holds things too close to the chest yeah, and usually things can really excite people if you let people know what you've already signed off on and developed. <laughs> like I understand right. that you want some things to be a surprise, but their marketing just hasn't figured out yet how to do buzz. Um, <laughs> Maybe they'll figure it out. They've only been around for a hundred. I mean, if so. if, if if these bad sales numbers won't get them right. to do it, but but um yeah yeah I mean the 3ds for I mean this is a system seller. I mean, this will push units the same way that Mario Kart 8 sold a million really, really quickly. Um, you know, I think that, like, Nintendo is going to have a really good next couple months between both Smash Brothers and, like, uh, Bayonetta 2 and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I am uh, I'm really, really happy with, with Smash Brothers. I just want to give a shout-out to Producto, Brother Prog of the Smasher community, and say what's up to you. That's all I had to say about that. Yeah, and uh, I I actually had like a long discussion with uh, a professional Smash Brothers player here in Milwaukee, um, and he told me all these things that only Smash Brothers people, only Smash Brothers hardcore players would understand, like L canceling and wave dashing and all these different terms that I've heard during Evo matches, but I didn't really understand exactly what they are. So, right. so now I feel more educated on that manner. I kind of wonder um, if there would be like a handheld competition because I've seen people stream from the 3ds's now. Like, if you get a, I guess a hacked version, a hacked 3ds, you can basically stream it out uh, from the console itself. I think that would be kind of cool if if the platform could kind of halt manage it to have like handheld tournaments at Evo or something like that. Well, I do know that at GameStops tonight, actually, they're doing tournaments all over the country um for that um, nintendo is sponsoring um obviously they had the uh, big tournaments at like e3 
um and you know obviously if you go to like a pax or something like that like they'll have them so i don't know if it will be broadcast per se mm-hmm. but smash is like one of those games like uh, like a mario kart kind of seven where if you have your 3ds with you and you go to any kind of place that has other kind of like-minded people you're guaranteed to get some games in <laughs> you know absolutely you know nice. so you know i've i've definitely gone to 42 lounge in milwaukee and had tons and tons of multiplayers and once smash comes out it looks like it's about 75 percent done so. look at your face <laughs> yeah look at my face <laughs> oh my god we're doing a google hangout his face, face. right now his face yeah. right now he's so hamped he's so yeah. amped. i yeah. am pretty yeah. i mean this is yeah. the gaming this is like football basketball is about to start baseball playoffs video games like this time of year is just like so awesome like i just get so excited yeah so dope so <laughs> yeah. dope yeah what else is going on in, in nintendo world so one thing that i think is really underreported is how well nintendo has been courting indies um i think one thing that's really been keeping i know my interest in the wii u going is their indie selection has been incredible um, I think probably the biggest profile ones that most people know about is like Shovel Knight, um, which right. is a which right. is not not exclusive to Nintendo, exclusive. but right. it's right. really really good. Yeah, I've heard um, lots of good things about that game. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Steam World Dig as well, um, which is a game that has like a digging mechanic and stuff. It it like kind of has like the same kind of eight bit flair of of um, you know of you know of of uh, the other games. Um, and there was also a game called The Fall that I've been playing a lot as well. Um, but the one game that I wanted to talk about now is a game called Telsagrad, um, which is actually out for the PC and for the Wii U first before wow. coming out to PS4 and the Xbox One stores, which is an interesting decision. I think because... Like Nintendo's really been pushing the the uh, the uh, Unity engine, right? Um, and from what I read on development, like kind of game developers are kind of in the middle of liking or not liking the uh, Unity engine. Like there's a lot of Unreal stuff and like that kind of stuff. But the Unity one is really the one that that Nintendo's pushing because it can run on their hardware. To be honest, <laughs> you know. Um, so this uh, this Atelsegrad game is really really cool. It like basically, you know, if like you don't know who uh, Nikolai Tesla is, he has a lot to do with like electricity and magnetism, and like he made them cars, yo. Yes, he is. He is Funk Master Flex. Um, wow! Yeah. I got the car show. Come down to the car show. Get on style. Bust wild on your dial. Serious. Um, I wish I had a bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dropped them bombs. Um, yeah, so um, it's a pretty cool kind of platformer game where you kind of get like a magnetic boots and you can shoot electricity and like it's like a puzzle game, um, and it's really really well done. Um, the art kind of reminds me a bit of like Child of Light, light like the Ubisoft indie game that uh, came out earlier. Um, and yeah, it's a really strong game. Um, and I think that like, like you know, I'm like looking through my Nintendo games now on my gamepad and I have so many indies that I've played and haven't played. Um, and I think that, you know, that Nintendo has really been doing 
a, a good job of like you know kind of buffering between the main releases with a steady slew of um of uh indie games and much like i hear a, a, a lot of people say that the vita is sort of their indie mm-hmm. kind of machine one thing i like about playing them on the wii u which probably also applies to the vita is that i play most of them in off-screen mode on the gamepad like in bed <laughs> Like, like it's the perfect way to play these indie games. So, like, I get through a lot of them because I feel like a lot of them don't need the big screen experience. Right. You know? Right. Um. So, like, um, you know, so like, I th- so like, I think that that's really like a big asset of the gamepad is, is is being able to play a lot of these indie games. Um. So, uh, so yeah, I I really think that you know that like that like Nintendo is kind of smart about their like push on the indie side they've they've been courting a lot of indie people as as well as some big publishers as you see with a bayonetta 2 and like and and like that kind of stuff they're not quite at the level of like you know paying for you know destiny exclusives or like that kind of stuff um but i think that they're doing the thing that works for their market do you do you think that to a certain extent that they've gotten on the indie the indie boat too late like do you feel like they've started this process when like they've had a system out for a long period of time they've had two systems out for a pretty long time um and it seems like only now is this push coming do you feel like it maybe they might have missed the boat i don't know if they completely missed the boat but i do think it was late absolutely um i think that the we did not have a super strong indie lineup like they definitely had some i think that what they did in the both the late years of the Wii and the early Wii U time was to focus more on major third parties, mm. which is why you saw like you know with the Wii U launch like Mass Effect Three and Assassin's Creed and that kind of stuff and like a Black Ops. I think that they focus more on them almost at the expense of indie companies because they were kind of like you wanted third parties we'll give you 30 parties now shut up <laughs> you know right. you know like, like we'll give you these crappy ports of third party games that are a year old you know um right. so i do think that they did i don't want to say miss the boat cuz that kind of sounds like it's like not a recoverable thing right um but they are but they are super late but i think that they're you know making up for some uh, some kind of good time i've read a lot of good things from like developers on like different websites kind of saying how like how how, like even if they didn't go with nintendo that Mm -hmm. they felt like they that they really were interested in you know in the indie kind of community so you know it's it's you know it's it's a good thing i think and it's something that you know i feel like you know um that like microsoft is kind of going through some like similar pains in terms of like you know how like they had kind of the indie stuff kind of buried, you know, in, in their stores. Right. And, like, you know, so I feel like it's not just a Nintendo problem in terms of trying to figure out how to properly position indies. Um, but I think that Nintendo is doing, like, a pretty good job that usually, you know, doesn't get reported because the indies aren't going to be the, the stuff that really drives sales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be... Are they, Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, are they price? Are they priced aggressively? I think they're priced the around stores? the same as they are at other consoles. Like a a, okay. a strong indie game will be like ten or fifteen dollars. 
Um, you know, you don't see a lot cheaper than that unless they're like, you know, significantly cheaper quality wise. Right. Yeah. So that's the indie push. Yeah. Any other Nintendo questions, guys? We're in the bonus round. Uh, has Rez- Reggie fils and Herb Williams ever fought? <laughs> Great <No>. question. <laughs> Uh, If you can answer that one And then tell me the motto For Velveeta Shells and Cheese Then we'll be good Well well, I think what I am going to do Is get a photo of Herb Williams And when NBA 2K15 comes out I'm going to hold that up to the camera (laughs) Scan it in And have me a Herb Williams have me a new herb. So you had so you had one other game that you have been that has been like eating up your time right now. Yeah. So and you have been ranting and raving about oh how man, dope this, this game, game is. is so and I'm good. so jealous because I don't have money to buy it. What is this game? Tell tell me about it. So this game is Hyrule Warriors. No. Um <laughs> Yeah, so like this is actually one of the games that, you know, made me realize I was kind of done with the Warriors. I mean and it's a shame because I came onto this game a little late. I wasn't really on the hype train. I'm not really big on the genre that this game is in. But Shadow of Mordor, um, which is the latest Lord of the Rings um, fantasy game, um, this is a what I would call a revolutionary open world game. Wow. Huh. Um, and yeah. I don't think that's... Okay putting it lightly like this really does things that i've never seen before in an open world game and that's like super exciting because usually people just throw a bunch of stuff out there and they're like well go make your own fun you know <laughs> um, Funny as shit. but this game first of all you know i'm playing on the pc and i really appreciate how oh, okay this is a game where they're scaling it appropriately where you can run it on a decent but they also have these like crazy HD packs that are like, if you have one of those thousand dollar cars, this will make it look even better. So even though I can't do that because I don't have those cards, I appreciate when the PC port does have that option. And right. the base game looks incredible. I mean it it I mean, at the level I'm running it at, it pretty much blows away the PS4 and Xbox One versions. Um, in terms of the draw distance and the foliage and stuff, because it's a game that has a lot of grass and trees and that kind of thing. Um, but the real kind of revolutionary part about this game is what's called like the nemesis system. Um, so basically, you know, I mean, in the Lord of Rings game, you know, like the main antagonists are like orcs, right? Right. And the game really focuses on the hierarchy of the orcs. Right. So like there's there's like the grunts, there's the minimen, there's the regular chiefs, there's the war chiefs. And as you're playing the game, these orcs are battling each other for positions within the orc hierarchy. And at any time you can go in and see who has what who has what position. At the same time, you can choose which one of these people to defeat or to uh, try to defeat. And if you win, it'll remove them from that hierarchy and another person will step in that might have a different personality, different strengths, different weaknesses. And these guys are fighting it out regardless of what you're doing. So it really feels like there's a world outside of what you're doing. Really? Um, And you can interrogate 
other orcs to like find out kind of the weaknesses of the chiefs. You you, you, you can basically like what's called branding. So like you, you you can basically brainwash a chief or like an orc to be your slave, and then go back into the into the into the hierarchy, challenge other chiefs, issue death threats. I mean, it it is <laughs> really cool. really cool. Um, and one other cool part about it is that if an orc kills you, they give that orc a name, and that orc kind of levels up, and, and 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 they get into a different part of the of of the hierarchy, and then all the characters in the game start uh. start referencing the fact that that orc killed you, and then when you find him. Again, he's talking all that shit. Are you back for more? And like right, all man. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it it comes yeah. out so cool because it's not like it goes to a cutscene. It's all in engine. I mean, it is just brilliant. Like this game is really, really brilliant. Um, and you know, it kind of has the combat system of like Arkham games, with the caveat that it's really easy to get overwhelmed. So it's not like mm-hmm. Arkham where if you got the blocking and the and the and right. the hitting right, you can take on a thousand guys and not die. In this game it's really easy to You're get Batman. Yeah, yeah. So like you kinda have to be a little more strategic with like how many guys and like you have <laughs> to know kind of when to run. Um but man, this this game just does it all right. I mean the music is good. Um, it does one thing that just makes me hate the story part of Destiny even more, and that all the all the lore is in the games. You can pause and you can read about any character or scene that you've seen, any level. So it kind of helps because you know I'm I haven't read like this the Sumerian. I'm gonna mispronounce yeah, yeah, that the, like crazy. Yes. Um, but but the, but like I I haven't read the Salmonella. <laughs> the Salmonella. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I haven't read all that background stuff, so I don't know all the references, but all that lore is like there. Um play this game. If so yeah, so th- so this game this game takes place before the movies and the books. Um and it involves a character who was a raider but was killed and his spirit comes back and it re inhabits his body. Um, and, and so that's the, like, that's kind of the excuse that they have for allowing you to continually die within the game and have the game still progress. Um, which is, which, you know, that in of itself is, you know, you can uh, flip one way or the other about it, but it allows the things that, that Sharif was kind of alluding to, um, to progress. So, you know, when a captain or an orc or some, you know, some, some sort kills you, they level up and as they level up and actually when they defeat, if they defeat other orcs, they'll, they have the potential to level up as well. And they don't even have to kill you. They could just have you like, if you flee, you'll, you know, they'll level up because they defeated you. Um, and, and that part's really, really cool. Um, and you know, the whole, you're able to possess different things. You can use your soul to inhabit the souls of other things like they've got the, the you know the beasts that they have and you can ride like giant yeah. elephant type things and you can possess different orcs and kind of have them work for you in this whole 
godfather kind of way it it is really really cool do you feel like this was like this so far the sleeper hit of the year i don't think so i think it was pretty hyped i mean i think that i i, I don't think it qualifies as a sleeper i think you know with through the e3s and the stuff i think it didn't like come out of nowhere so I wouldn't but say it, so. it definitely wasn't on anyone's radar in a way in in the way that you're explaining it you know like the 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 feedback that you're giving on the game is superlatives you know you're you're you know you're you're kind of gushing over the game itself and how great the game is um i don't think that the hype prior to you playing the game was equal to you know the 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 uh the the enjoyment that you're getting out of the game at least early on yeah well i I would say for me personally yes but i feel like everyone else was excited about this game and i wasn't so i i i I agree that i don't think people were putting it on the level of destiny or or you know or like even watchdogs or these other games that came out right um i mean there i i think people are more hype Honestly, I think people are more hyped for Alien Isolation in terms of, you know, games that are, you know, second tier AAA titles. Uh, People were more excited for Alien Isolation than they were for Shadow of Mordor. One of the, I would say the only negative that I've really come across, and this might change after I get further into the game, but so the main character (laughs) is, uh, you know, voice and motion capped by uh, Troy Baker. You know who's been? Well, what isn't? I was motion capped by Troy <laughs> Baker last week. So are you Troy Baker like right now? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and this his. I'm Troy Baker. <laughs> so he has, <laughs> like, to me, very very high standards, especially after playing Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite and stuff. And I'm not really feeling this character as much as I was feeling Booker and Joel. And that could be story. That could be all that stuff, but I don't get the same sense of like emotion and connectedness when I look at his face as I did with Booker and Joel. That's the only thing. And that might be unfair to say because the last of us is sort of a, just a once in a generation, like excellent in every way game, you know? And, you know, I also hold Bosch like infinite as very, very high. Um, but I can't help but make that comparison that like, I'm just like, man, I would, you know, I'm just not feeling him as much as I am like these other characters. And, and I know he's done tons of other characters, but those are the two that, you know, I kind of hold him up to that standard every time I see his name on a, on, sure. on, on a list now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of a bad problem to have because he's like, wow, I did two amazing games and this one isn't as amazing, so what? But, you know, um, I'm hoping that changes, but it's like, you know, I don't know if this is a sport. Well, I, I, I won't go into detail, but basically at the beginning of the game, something really traumatic happens, right, to people that he knows, okay? And you would think that that would be enough that you would immediately be able to feel sort of the emotion and the really be like, come on, like, I really want you to get this revenge. And I just don't get it from the facial animations and the voice and his, like, representation of of uh, the character. 
Yeah. So. It feels like there's a weird disconnect, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's like if you had a character who was really, really good in another game and then they went on the weakest link and lost, then <laughs> <laughs> it's that same kind of tortured soul feeling that you would have if, if that was something that happened to you. But, you know, I, di- I digress. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> At least my PS3 would save my games. Oh, <laughs> too soon, too soon, oh, too man. soon. Oh, oh man. Um, I guess a couple of quick things um, before, because actually we were about to shut it down. This is uh, episode thirty-two, and we're gonna um, disconnect. We're gonna we're about to we're about disconnect to join a fire from, team. Yeah, we're about yep. to yep. yeah yep. call call Pizza Hut in a minute. Um, <laughs> I would say just as a quick aside, a uh, quick quick uh secondary thing to say things that got played this week you should all try uh, Mirasaki Baby uh, Mirasaki Baby on the Vita is a really cool experience if you get the chance to play it has a really cool kind of like um, what's the best way to kind of put that art style it's the like Okami it's not like Okami it's like if um, what's that guy's name Tim he's the crazy dude who did all Schaefer? the no, Tim, Tim. Dole. No, it's like <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just said Tim Dog as as a video game anything that is ridiculous. <laughs> Compton, man. He's his. He's the dude who did like Beetlejuice and stuff like that. Tim Burton. Basically. Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Jesus, oh, I could not okay. think of Tim Burton's names. Tim Burton's kind of weird, quirky hand. It's a hand drawn kind of style. Uh, but it reminds me of a Tim Burton kind of um, uh, art uh, kind of thing. It's really cool. It's mostly puzzles uh, and it's like all touchscreen based stuff. But um, I would uh, ask you guys to check that out if you haven't done so already. Um, also I- on the on the Xbox One side, uh, Forza Horizon 2. Um, if you uh, are a racing fan, it it definitely lives up to the hype. Um, you know, one of the problems I had with Forza five, Forza Motorsports five, you know, great, great game in terms of, you know, how it looked and, and everything else. But, you know, you're just riding around the same tracks with different cars all the time. Uh, Forza horizon two gets rid of that. You have all the same physics, you have the driver cars, but now you're driving around the South of France and Northern Italy with great music, uh, with your friends. It's amazing. It's beautiful, and it's amazing, and it's a lot of fun. Check it um, out. And lastly, before we boogie out of here, I had a chance to play around with the Netgear X6 uh, Night Nighthawk router. Um, I'm still in the middle of messing around with it, playing with it, kind of giving, giving and putting it through its paces. Um, and so far I would say it's really, really cool. It's weird to give a router a cool <laughs> rating, um, because routers at the end of the day, you, you really don't want to know that they're there. You really don't want to have to fuss with them and you don't really want to have to like think about them. And so far it's holding up really, really well. We've been running a lot of stuff in the house simultaneously just to like give it some, some, uh, 
put it through its put it through its paces and it's holding up very very good. So Netgear, you get a big shout out from us on that end. Uh, and we'll Lemo. hopefully have something on the site soon once I can get my behind Dan in front of a computer and write things. <laughs> but um, see, can you please pass along all the social media business for the folks? Social media business. Uh, first and foremost, for our uh, our Slumlord guest, uh, Ricardo Slumlord guest Sharif Jackson, <laughs> um, go to uh, SharifJackson.com or uh, ScienceLooksGood.com to check out uh, some of the ramblings that he has and live tweeting that he does. Um, and uh, reviews. Uh, check out his show that posts every Tuesday, Operation Cubicle. Um, you can go to op- operationcubicle.net. Um, he hosts that show with uh, JP Fairfield, and uh, they talk about the geeky side and the uh, business side of different topics every week and have uh, great hip hop interludes. So check that stuff out, and you can find him everywhere uh, in social media at Sharif Jackson. Um, so you can find him there. He is Agent Jackson, Sharif Jackson. And then you can find my Captain Khalif Adams on Twitter at Kajakins. Uh, you can find myself at Stubby Stan. You can find the show at Spawn on Me. You can find our site at Spawn Point Blog. Um, remember to check out the site, thespawnpointblog.com, and check out our show on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and and all sorts of other places. Not Stitcher anymore. Maybe Stitcher. I don't know. Look we're for still, it. We're, we're still on Switch Stitcher. We're not right. on Swell. Well, yeah, we're not <laughs> on Swell anymore. Um, nothing's on Swell. I anymore. tweet your show out on Swell. Um, you guys are on there, right? And uh, <laughs> please, I know. Well, that's the reason I'm like, what the. <laughs> please remember to uh rate rate our show subscribe to the show follow us on soundcloud um subscribe to us on itunes rate and and uh give us reviews um you know follow us on facebook like our fan pages on facebook um send us feedback at uh feedback at the spawn blog.com or sh- um i was about to say sharif uh or khalif at the spawnpointblog.com or cicero at the spawnpointblog.com um also uh don't forget our friend danimus prime at uh dan the robot on uh on twitter yep. and um you know tell tell your friends tell your cryptarchs Tell your, uh, you know, your your Zeldas and your Gorgonzolas or whatever the fuck else wow, is in Nintendo Land. Gorgonzolas, um, <laughs> wow, yeah. wow, um, wow! You know, and uh, all the, all those all those good things like that stuff there. Also, just remember that it's coming up soon. Um, we have again been. Uh, blessed to be nominated in the Blackware Blog Awards. So congratulations! We're going to keep. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think didn't you get nominated as well? I did. I did. Awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. That's nicely, right. nicely done, ShariefJackson.com. Um, and that stuff is going to be coming up soon, so we'll be able to link all that stuff out. And and a quick shout out to Godfrey over at Gamertag Radio for right. recently putting us and shouting us out in um. Uh, one of his last shows, and also uh, during, I think it was uh, part of some indie yeah. cast that he sh- that he thought that you should listen to. So right, part of National Podcast Day, which was September thirtieth, two days ago. Yep. Um, so yeah, so all of all of that good stuff there. Absolutely. So uh, 
before we boogie out, we want to thank you guys again for listening. Thank you Absolutely. for for coming back after the break, coming back and listening to us and hanging out with us. Uh, and we will see you guys next week with another show of Spawn on Me. This has been episode and, 32. And potentially a special guest. Oh, oh potentially special yeah. guests. Yeah. There you go. We'll keep that in the spoiler-free zone. <laughs> so take... <laughs> Absolutely. Special guest so, Willis Reed, right? <laughs> John Thompson, <laughs> nondescript salt and pepper black man <laughs> by Cicero Holmes. That's yep. gonna be that's gonna be the name of your book. <laughs> yep, nondescript salt and pepper black man. Yep, that's exactly it. I did. I did know who Dr. J was when I met him, though. Shout out to Roosevelt, Long I Island, so. New York. I will. I will give my doc. I will give my why I don't like Doctor J story the next episode. Oh, uh, uh, we're we gonna fight. Ridiculous. Yeah, we're gonna we have to talk about gotta that. hold it down, son. Yeah. Anyway, so. this has been episode thirty-two <laughs> of the Spawn of Me podcast, and until next week, we will say peace. Peace. peace.